Hello and welcome to Peter Paisley, episode number 46. It's different. Hi. If you're listening to the audio, this makes no sense. But we've made some changes ahead of the new season. So I am, as ever, one of your hosts, Daniel. And as ever, I'm joined by Adam. Adam, how you doing? I'm good, thank you, mate. What about yourself? I'm very good. I just had the vaccine today. So I can't lift my arm above this height. So that's going great. But yeah, loving life. And as I just said there, I can lift my arm that height. Again, if you listen to the audio thing, that won't make sense to you at all. Because starting now with the new season, we're bringing ourselves into the 21st century. We're going along and copying all the other podcasts. Even though we have planned this for a while... Audio and video now. So you can look at our lovely faces now if you choose to. I guarantee we will now see a rise in audio listeners because we've started appearing physically. <laughs> the YouTube channel's now dead. We it's we had gone. to wait till it was like semi acceptable trims and even then I think we might be a, li- a, a little bit suspect. So <laughs> yeah, here, here we absolutely. are. What a shambles this show, isn't it? It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> We will need to acknowledge something. Adam kind of has quite a professional, just like generic white background. Adam, for the audio listeners, can you explain what's going on behind me in a couple of words, if that's even possible? Um, (laughs) It's not really possible, is it? It's just, (laughs) there's just all sorts of manner of thing going on behind you, so... Yeah, there's there's just a, a a whole load of good a whole load of goodies rather I should say just yeah, yeah lots of I just hope, lots of shenanigans. I hope that doesn't distract you. I can't do anything <laughs> about the big demon face that's staring at you. Apologies about that. But yeah, and what about the poster me- in the background? See, this is the type of pattern you wouldn't have been able to get previously on just the audio version. However, if you are just listen to the audio version. We hope you're having a lovely time. Nothing's really changed for you, except now you've just got some bullshit at the start that means nothing. So, it's going fantastically. But, as I said, it's the start of a new season. First of all, before we get into anything, how excited are you for the start of the new season? Oh, buzzing. I cannot wait. Do you know what? Even, no matter how sort of pessimistic you are heading into a new season, I just think it's one of the best times of the year. Because football's, football's everything, isn't it? Like, when it comes into like the business end of the season, it's great to see sort of promotions, relegations, but there's nothing like the start of a new season. No matter what team you support, what division you're in, I think everybody enters it with kind of an overwhelming sort of pride and just, yeah, just a, a real sense of looking forward to something as though something's going to happen. Do you echo those thoughts? Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously it's been a bit of a different close season because we've had the Euros on which are obviously still ongoing but as the tournament goes further and further on and a potential winner continues to go further and further on I've really lost interest in the whole thing (laughs) Um, but yeah 100% really looking forward to Hearts being back playing competitive games but as a result of us being away for the Euros content that we did over the last month we have so much to talk about. It is easily the podcast where we've got the most amount of talking points. So 
for visual listeners, if you keep seeing me look over here, it's because I've had to make a list for everything because we would forget something. We probably have forgotten something. Yeah, I, th- and I think that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Your message just going, why didn't you speak about this? And we look at each other going, that's the biggest talking point and we've completely missed it. <laughs> Guaranteed when you go to edit it, we'll message one another like, how on earth did we miss this talking point or whatever? It's, it's always the same. But 100%. let's just hope that that's not the case. Definitely. We're starting with something that potentially isn't headline worthy, but it probably is headline worthy to this podcast in particular uh, due to... The man on my, as you're looking at this, left, left, left. <laughs> I did it wrong immediately, even though I tried to work it out. The man on my left. Andy Irvin, on the 14th of June, his contract ended and he didn't re-sign whatever contract we were offering him. We will now never know. And he's away to, Adam, for the love of God, how do you say that, that first word for the club he's away to? Mate, I, I was hoping you could tell me. I, I'm literally just calling them the the Turkish the Turkish Munich team. Is it Turgutu? Is that right? I think so. I think it's something like that. We'll just call them Munich. Yeah, we'll Munich. Them... T- Turkey yeah. Munich. Yes, exactly. Andy Irvin left to go to Germany, and the move was met with a lot of interesting reactions because. I think I said it, and I think we both said it, that we expected them to kind of go to Europe and potentially Germany with the links with his agent. However, the size of club and the division itself has been kind of... Hearts fans have reacted quite negatively in terms of laughing at it, saying that it's a terrible move. Before I ask you about the move itself, Andy Irvin has now left the club. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Um, gutted that obviously the the Portobello Pirlo can't live on Um, and gutted that I've just felt as though he's something that Hearts don't really have a lot of at present in that he's a young player with bags of potential and is a real sort of sellable asset so I think the fact that we've ultimately let him go for what a training compensation fee or something like that so it's buttons really in comparison to the I, yeah, I guess the the fee that I had in mind. Um, but yeah, just just really disappointed that obviously he's away. But I, I don't think I can fault the move because I think he's probably looking at it from a personal stance where you could argue that he played his best football under Stendhal. So then the whole German link with obviously Stendhal being German. And I think looking at the... Dry, Dry Liga, there you go. Um, I think he'll look at sort of teams in the Bundesliga as Vi and think, if I can impress here, you know, there's some big clubs kicking about. Obviously, it'll have Schalke coming down. It's got both Hamburg clubs. Um, I think is, is Hanover 96 in there as well. Um, Nuremberg. So, you know, some big German clubs that he'll be looking to impress. And obviously, going to Munich... I don't think anybody can begrudge him. Obviously, it's not Bayern in that they are just, you know, a European powerhouse. But I still think on the doorstep and with potential to attract big German clubs, I think it does make sense, albeit the outfit that he's moved to, I'd never heard of. I presume you've never heard of. Um, So it'll go one of two ways, won't it? He'll either stand out in a terrible team or... I don't want to say fade away into nothingness, but that probably is the the only phrase that I can really use at present. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest part of it, of it for me, where I think it's a risky move. And as a young Scottish player, that's always going to be the label that gets put on you if you don't stay in Scotland or England and you moved onto the continent. It happened with Hickey, it's happened with former Hibs, Celtic Rangers players, Aberdeen players and stuff like that. And the reason it's said is because if it goes well, like for example with Ryan Gold most notably, who's doing very well, getting a lot of suitors attracted to him, then it's like, look, you took that risk, you did really well, that's amazing for you and your career. However, if it fails, I think a lot of people go, it's a more spectacular failure than just kind of moving to a domestic club because it, it gets all the media attention that a Scottish player is playing abroad. I think it it makes sense for all the reasons you said. Why wouldn't you want to live in that area, be playing in that kind of football ecosystem as well? And if it works, it literally could be one of those things where in four years' times he's playing in the Bundesliga as a result of being moved down here. But it also could be one of those where he's back in Scotland inside 18 months playing for Dunfermline or something like that. Like, we don't know how it's going to go until it happens, basically. But, obviously, we as a podcast wish him all the best. And hopefully it can be the Portobello Pirlo on a much bigger stage than he previously was as well. So that would be class. But, he wasn't the only other person leaving. But this time... It wasn't a player leaving to another club. Stephen Naismith did, last month, announce his retirement. Uh, he is staying on. I can't remember the name of his role that he has now. Was it not player development manager or something along those lines? I don't it know the exact that. title, but that seems familiar. Pass. Yeah, it was something like that. It was basically a new role that seems to just be made <laughs> for him to keep him at the club, basically. Um, so, yeah... Stephen Naismith has retired. He hinted at it towards the end of last season that he knows when it's time to hang up his boots. He was going to see, because we're going back up to the Premiership, if he wanted to do another year. Obviously, he had a contract that was four years and he was only halfway through that. So he was more than welcome and could play for us. But he has chosen to retire. First of all, before we get into kind of him staying at the club and the benefits... To be the most generic person ever, but what a career Stephen Naismith has had at a playing level. Without a doubt, mate. And I think if we're using Naismith as kind of an example to younger pros, you know, you, you need only look at his career and think, well, I, I'm trying my absolute damnedest to go and emulate that or better it. So I think it's vital that we've managed to keep him at the club in some form of capacity. I think... Look, he was one of the highest earners, that goes without saying, and the fact that we offered the length of deal at the time that we offered it does seem baffling. So in that sense, it's quite good that that deal's now sort of put to an end. I mean, I don't know what he'll be earning in this new role or whatever, but I just feel as though it, it frees up some wages that can be used elsewhere, and hopefully we can find the players that will ultimately take up that dough. Um but yeah, I I I'm I'm chuffed that Nazy stayed on because for me, I mean I I can't quite recall a signing sort of having such an immediate impact. What was it, the seventeen eighteen season where yep. things weren't looking too great and then he comes in and I said it on here before, the Naismith Malinkovich Lafferty front three was a, a joy to watch at times. Um and yeah, just I mean he's just a He's he's probably one of the best players we've seen in Maroon, albeit in in our short you know 
hearts supporting spells if you like um and somebody that we're, we were very lucky to sign at the time and it still feels as though we're lucky to have around yeah definitely i think especially that 18 month period before his injury in the league cup semi-final, the initial loan spell and then the permanent he like he arguably is the best player we ever saw just in terms of vision and actual ability especially for his age where you'd expect someone kind of towards the end of the career to slow down a bit but that was never Naismith's game it was always about ball control and reading the game and his passing ability and that doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are with that kind of stuff obviously the injury happened and then he could never quite get back to that level but for that 18 month period alone he is one of the best players we've ever seen and we always make fun of it and everybody makes fun of it but he's very I wouldn't like to play with him basically oh. <laughs> like it would be an absolute nightmare <laughs> but I still remember I can't remember what game it was but it was the season where we got relegated and I think it was understandable I was sat right down the front of the Gorgie end for some reason and Ewan Henderson was in that period where he was just kind of coming on every so often not really doing a lot and then being out the side and for like the first 25 minutes, all you could hear was Naismith just screaming at Henderson constantly with every wee thing he did. And like supporters around me were laughing because we could hear it, what he was saying. But it clearly works for so many people. You want someone to have that level of discipline. You want people to be like, no, this is the level we're going to play at. You need to come up to me. A winner, the amount of success he's had in his career isn't accidental. He's not one of those players who you could criticise and say, well, you were just part of a team that did really well. He was often incredibly influential in those sides, did really well. And the fact that he is, whatever we want to call it, player development manager, whatever the job title is, the role is to look after the younger guys and get them ready to move into the first team. And you literally just couldn't ask for a better person. No, because what you said just there is the most important thing, and he's a winner. His, his desire and want to win, that's infectious, and if all it takes is giving dogs abuse out to his teammates, <laughs> then by all means he'd go and do it. So, yeah, a, a model pro, and buzzing to see sort of us reap the rewards from this appointment. Definitely. It definitely will be interesting to see how he kind of works with if it's just going to be with the youth team. He was obviously helping in videos with the first team training, but I imagine part of that is because a lot of the young guys were in the first team training because of pre-season and stuff like that. So He'll want a good look at them, won't he? Yeah. To, to know what he's working with and know who he can put an arm around, who he needs to give that little kick up the arse. So it's no surprise to see him sort of shadowing Robbie or John Rankin, as it were, taking the team and whatever. So, yeah. 100% and to kind of close off this departure area before we speak about the incoming the longest serving member at the club just now uh, John Murray has left uh, into retirement actually as kind of head scout lead, leader of the scouting network whatever you want to call head it head of recruitment as well I think wasn't he head of recruitment absolutely thing. 100% a man who's been at the club for Longer than we've both been alive. <laughs> literally. That is literally true. It, over two and a half decades, was brought in initially under the original Jeffrey's tenure. Has, before we say anything, 
I want to say massive thank you for the services provided to the club. He has been like you don't get to be around that long and not have made imprints and positive aspects and the services provided to us is genuinely fantastic. Like as I said, there's no one currently at the club that I know of that has been there for that amount of time, especially because Jeffries has now left as well his advisory role. But <laughs> And this is where we get into the interesting bit and the kind of, according to Alan Preston, uncalled for aspect. Adam, to be blunt, a lot of people are happy he's gone. Yeah, they are. And I was about to say for good reason. That's very harsh, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Yeah. What, I, I, look, look, I don't know what to say because you're right in that to have held a position at Hearts for 25 years is incredible. But again, he's kind of at the forefront of a lot of blame for the the mass overhaul that we seem to be going through every few years. And for every Peter Haring, there's been a David Vanacek hasn't there really and you know but i mean there's not recruitment's so hit and miss i'm not i'm not singling john murray out because what football club gets 100 percent of their recruitment absolutely spot on you know none so i think to pin blame on him is harsh and i i saw lots of comments with regards to kind of you know when we've won trophies when we've won the scottish cup whilst he's been at the club in assembling that squad yet the last of that was nearly a decade ago Mm -hmm. so I don't want to say that it's been coming for a while but you know with these type of positions you know when a race is sometimes run and this race was perhaps run a, a good few years back I think now you know last season we talked about sort of the siege mentality and that we were dumped down to the championship this season for me is going to be about leaving everything of the past behind to ensure that we do not have a campaign in the second tier again. So we're wiping slates clean. John Murray is hopefully just the start. Thank you for your service, like you say. But let's move on to a new era, hopefully. I basically can't really add anything to that. I fully agree with you. I just wanted to add the addendum that it genuinely feels like Joe Savage is taking the reins and just kind of going, no, we're making change here because we're getting left behind. I think so as well. And that's what surprises me about Jim Jeffries leaving the club as well because I'm assuming now, like you say, Joe Savage will take total control, whereas I thought mm. JJ would be kept on as kind of, I don't know, like a, a second glance almost. Sort of a, a a differing opinion, or somebody to perhaps challenge Joe Savage on players that he seems you know a suitable fit. Um, I guess the I... argument is that he's using is because we've obviously seen through Twitter and Facebook and general job advertisements that Savage is constantly getting rec- um, recruitment analysts in. Scouting network is changing. I guess maybe he is using the logic of I don't want anyone associated previously with the club because they might have biases, they might have a certain way of sentiment or stuff. whatever. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Whereas Savage is like, no, we're moving into the 21st century, which 
it very much feels like we've not really been like if all rumours are to be believed John Murray kind of operated on the old school way of knowing agents and kind of being like oh I know this guy maybe he can do let's a have a look at you type thing yeah 100% whereas Savage is more the modern what football is now where it's like no you look at stats and you send people out to look at them and you need to meet hit players that hit this certain criteria and stuff like that but this is what I was going to add it's all on him now I don't think mm-hmm. he's got that added luxury. You know, had, had JJ been kept on, then you're probably pointing blame at the two of them. So this is all going to be, as far as I can see anyway, this is all going to be on him. So let's just hope that we get more Peter Harrings and less David Vanacek's. Definitely. Well, that perfectly leads into the new guys that have come in. However, the first person that we'll talk about isn't actually that new. Um, however, it's one that everybody's delighted to see as, a couple of weeks ago, Josh Ginelli was brought in on a permanent deal after his contract with Preston ran out and obviously he spent the season with us on loan last year. He only made 10 appearances as injury kind of curtailed his season. That's crazy, isn't it? It doesn't feel like 10. Because of the impact he had, it feels like so much more. Um, But yeah, sadly, injury massively curtailed his season. However, he's back. He's fit. He signed a two-year deal. This is one of those signings that has just been met with unanimous praise. And it's easy to see why, because we've just touched on it there. It doesn't feel like it's only 10 games that he's played. Um, I think... You know, we've been crying out for wingers for a while um, and look at some of the numpties that were here last season. <laughs> we're wanting to move beyond your Elliot Frears, your Jermaine Castaneros. Um So I, I like the fact that it's a two-year deal as well, just in mm-hmm. case. I, I mean, as far as I can see, his injury at us was one of very few so far in his career, but you know our track record with injuries, so... <laughs> if it it's could, going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. If like. it could go wrong, it probably will. Um, but yeah, the, the the duration of the deal makes sense, and I think I don't want to sound kind of too too sort of cocky or sort of in the know. But you, you had a feeling that it was a bit similar to when Naismith left Norwich. Actually, when we were talking about him earlier on, you felt as though it was always going to sort of happen because there was nothing else really in the pipeline it seemed as though it was going to be hearts and only hearts yeah 100 percent. especially when you pair that with the fact that robbie kept telling us that despite when he got that injury was it wraith away that he got the really yes bad one? yeah that's right yeah. the four nil yeah first four nil i should say yeah the first four nil ha 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 first four nil um yeah that was there was still a large amount of football to be played. He still, as we said, he still had time on his pressing contract. But Robbie kept telling us, no, he's spending all his rehab here. He loves being here. We love having him. And then when his contract ended and the season ended, it was, no, he's still here. He's still doing rehab in the gym. It would have been very weird for him to do all his rehab here. Him constantly speaking about the fact that he loves Edinburgh. He loves the club. For him not to sign. But, it is amazing that he has signed. I want to get your opinion on the wee thing because this is obviously stupid and it's the way football fans oh, work God. and we're just like, if any time a player shows affection to your club, you immediately just love them more. <laughs> and it is a marketing thing and I get that. But 
Josh Janelli seems to get Hearts in the sense that in his interview when he signed, all he spoke about were how he wants to meet us properly, how the amount of support he's had on social media is amazing. And then the quite big thing was that John Colhoun on Twitter just went, oh, you just need to do this, this, this and this run your heart out and really try. And Janelli replied to him being like, oh, I'll really try, do that. And listen, all he's doing is replying to a guy on Twitter that he... I don't even know if he knows he used to play for us. What a sucker. Like, I know exactly. That's what he's doing. But it's clearly working. Because folk are going, oh, look at him. He knows we're going to be glass next season. It is just great to see a player doing that. His eyes full of adoration already. He's not even kicked a ball in the new season yet. Exactly. Um... I, do you know what? I, I, I'm intrigued to see how he and Gary Mackay Stephen could potentially link up on the flanks, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I just feel as though it's another attacking element added to our arsenal. I, I think Robbie's a big fan of the 4 2 3 1, as we know. Does that then scream GMS and Janelli on the flanks with Boyce behind Nandwili? Does he go 4 3 3 and have Boyce with Janelli and GMS either side? <laughs> It's just one signing, but it feels like there's an array of options yeah. that come from that signing. Do you get where I'm coming from? Because I still 100%. feel as though we need a couple bodies. That goes without saying. And, <laughs> you know, as so typical of Hearts fans, we bemoan the fact that every single transfer window, there's an abundance of players come in, and yet we've signed literally three folk, and everybody's going, oh my God, oh my God, we need bodies. What's that? Who's, who's coming here? And it's like... I get it because I'm I'm one of those people. Yeah, but I was about to say, do not call folk out but, when you are both those sides. But I'm wanting quality over quantity, and Josh Janelli has proved in a short spell, albeit that he is quality. There 100%. you go. I, I was going to link it toward the end at some stage, mate. There you go. did fantastically. <laughs> Thanks. Very well done. Um, and as you said, the other signing we spoke about last time was Ross Stewart, another person that. Kind of just, who gives a shit about Ross Stewart? Said, um, said it last season when he signed on loan. Could not care about a backup goalkeeper. Best job yes. in the world, but don't yeah, care. Absolutely. However, a signing that we do care about is a signing on loan that we've made from Brighton, which is interesting. Very we'll get interesting. To that in a minute. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, it is a very young Alex Cochran. So we've let one Cochran go and we've just replaced him immediately. Oh, nice. Like yep. that. See, see. <laughs> um, basically, we had the shirt and we were like, oh, just get another in so we don't need to get another What a wordsmith. Thing. It would have been exactly. so hard had he kept the number, what was it, 20, I think? 20, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Alex Cochran on loan from Brighton. He's a left back. Obviously, we don't know much. I've actually seen him play, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, however, do you agree with me that there was kind of a bit of hysteria over his react, like over his signing? Because some people seem to go, "What are we doing? This is an awful signing," and they were the same people as you said who were going, "We're not making any signings." <laughs> There's just no pleasing some folk, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually thought that because you said that you'd seen him play, you were going to start saying that he's the next coming of Carlos or something, but. Um, Listen, I haven't haven't the foggiest. Never never heard of the boy, um, but again, it's it's another lonely down south that we haven't heard of. 
and could prove into Demi Mitchell the first time round or Paul McCallum. There you or go. Demi Mitchell the second time <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah, fair comment. Um, look, I, I think we perhaps needed cover. Obviously, Eddie White is now away, so that frees up a, a left-back spot, if you will. But again, I'm sort of on the bandwagon of Andy Halliday looked to me, certainly in the latter stages of last season, that he was a better left wing back than a holding midfielder. Um, but it's it's versatility, it's options, but we don't know if they're of a sufficient standard given, again, I haven't seen him play. You've seen him play, what, once? Once. And it's against some non-league jobbers who isn't an accurate gauge of whether he's up, whether he'll cut the mustard at hearts or not. So... I, 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 I don't know what you want me to say. When he, when he's played a handful of games, let's say five to ten, then, I, then I'll give you my word. But I don't even then, know if he'll I'm, play ten. I'm clueless. I don't know if he'll play ten games because he's clearly just cover. Which then makes you wonder... Makes me wonder, have we got any young left-backs coming through that we're right, just not on, all that right. confident in? I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> this because I wanted to speak about Leo Watson. Right? Right, okay. Because someone said that to me on Twitter, right? Someone went, we've got 18-year-old Leo Watson, why are we not putting him in? What this move to me says... Sorry, what this move says to me is what you just said, that Andy Halliday is probably now going to be playing centre mid. He's probably not going to be playing left wing back, which means I never want to see him again because I only (laughs) think he's okay playing left wing back. But... This will be his season, mate. No, it won't be. There you go. There's a a big claim for the first... (laughs) The big claim for the first uh, episode of the brand new season. And you've seen me say it. Quite quite literally. No, I I think he'll be... I think he'll be alright. Right, he won't because of another man that we'll speak about soon. However, that probably means that it's Kingsley and then now Cochrane is cover, right? How did a pinch? Mm-hmm. But someone said to me, why have we signed this young guy when we've got Leo Watson, who's a young left back, right? Leo Watson has never played a competitive <laughs> league game of football, right? He's played for Bonnie Rig once. Right, that was where he was on loan recently. What are you saying about the Rosie Posey? What I'm saying is, is that it is incredibly unfair to tell an 18 year old who's had no experience in league football, right? You're now the cover for Chuck, left back, chucked in at the deep end. Yeah, it's like I know you've never put, you've never even played against like Dumbarton and shit. But see if Kingsley, who is quite injury prone, see if he's hurt. You're a uh, Playing against Celtic first game of the season, Leo. On you go, son. Good luck up against James Forrest, Scotland International. (laughs) Listen, Alex Cochran, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Kingsley. I don't think he'll be half as good as Kingsley. But what he is, is a young guy who is capped at under 20 level, has been playing regular football, like, has been playing football. He played last season for a... Belgian second tier? Yeah, who won the league. Like, they just went on and walked that league. I know he didn't play that often due to injury because it's us and we only sign injury-ridden players. But... Of course. Even if he'd only played one game of football in his career, that is one more game of league compared football than Leo Watson. At a much higher level. Yes, 100%. I think we should send Leo Watson out as part of the young guys going out on loan, get him 28 to 25 games at League 1, League 2 level under his belt, come back a year later, and then we can start to see... Right, is he ready to kind of be the backup or do we need to send him out on loan again? 
fair play. Can't right. Can't, can't disagree with that. But I, I, this is something that I would like to see. And I don't know if Stephen Naismith's going to be responsible for this. Is he then going to be responsible for finding loan destinations for players? Or does that come know. under his role? I, I don't know. I, I'd need clarification on that. But certainly I would like to see, and I know it sounds daft because obviously we're talking about signing a Brighton player. I would like to see partnerships sort of with us and your kind of lower end Scottish clubs to be sort of loan destinations. But if, on the whole partnership theme, I mean, I just I just find it so funny. There's Hibbs announced their partnership with Brighton. Brighton, lo and Aberdeen, Teddy Jenks, who's meant to be very highly rated. Yeah. And lo and behold, we sign a left back alone from Brighton. And Hibbs, so far for this partnership, have received absolutely nobody on loan. Don't know if there's any money involved, but they've given us a laugh at least before the season's even kicked off, so... That's, I will that's say this, right? Loads of Hibs fans were kicking off at this, and I have a Hibs fan mate who was messing me going, How have you got him? Like, what is this? I don't have a really in depth knowledge of football partnerships, right? <laughs> but what I imagine is that, for example, as we've heard, David Weir is kind of the loan manager yeah. slash whatever it is. He's in charge of getting players club. Is he the Stephen Naismith equivalent? We yes, don't exactly. We don't know. Exactly. But clearly. Or, or at least my understanding is that they'd have a list of players sending them out on loan but before they do that they'd go Hibs do you want this guy Hibs will then go yes we'll take him or no you're alright and then they can send him out so with Alex Cochran he's a left back let's be honest Hibs don't need any other left backs so why would they take him on <laughs> I hear that but I don't know. Obviously, I, there's the uh, element uh, of why have they then sent them to us? But, like, the direct <laughs> rival of the club you've got a partner. But then with a supposed interest in Josh Doig, would you not take that chance? That's and, true. And I'm looking at it thinking, I noticed today that Jackson Irvin signed for St. Pauli. So, mm-hmm. that frees up a, a space in midfield. Would they have taken Teddy Jenks? Had that, you know, had that transfer mm-hmm. come perhaps sooner or whatever? I just think maybe as kind of like not an insurance policy. That's not the right phrase, but sort of. I guess it means to, the same I, thing. Though, I, yeah, just yeah, to I, have I, them I, there. Yeah, I guess to increase their depth is probably what I'm yeah. trying to say. And yeah, and if it's going and if it's going to be low risk because they're I, don't, I mean I don't know how the wages. You know I'm not going to pretend like I know that Brighton will cover 100 percent of the wage yeah. or, or whatnot. You know we don't know that, but you'd have thought that Hibbs might have taken them on. Again, just to just to have a look and as a potential squad option. That's fair. That is fair. But listen, if he turns out good, they haven't, well, and we have. Yeah, exactly. So. exactly. Um, but yeah. So speaking about Alex Cochran and the fact that I've seen him, we've been playing some friendlies. We've been playing loads of friendlies, Great. which has been mental. Um, obviously, I tried to say it on Twitter as well. You've said it. I think we said it last season as well. Friendly results mean absolutely nothing it is entirely for fitness and getting minutes under your belt and and especially people like Alex Cochran it's just kind of getting into the system and getting used to your teammates and giving youth a chance as well however objectively it's pretty good that we have scored in five games 22 goals and only conceded one Um, that was a 6-0 win over Linlithgow 4-0 win over Service 
Civil Service Strollers, 7-0 win over Spartans, 1-0 draw with Ayr, and a 4-0 win over Falkirk. I've not included the Whitehill game or the game that is currently going on as we currently speak at Preston Pans because that's more the under-20 side. It's none of the first team, so... Or as Hibbs put it, the development squad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, this, These games that I've mentioned were all... They all featured at least eight first teams during the game. Um, the game that I want to kind of speak about is Spartans because for the first time since Motherwell at home, I got to see Hearts in the flesh. Way! Get in. I can't lift this arm. It hurts so much. Because outside that window is Ainsley Park. So, obviously Spartans play at Ainsley Park. I was there. And what was interesting was the hour before we played Civil Service Strollers, which is still really hard to say. And we did win 4-0. However, I met my dad and my brother at the Spartans game. And I think you'll be interested to hear this. Apparently, we were very bad against Civil Service Strollers and didn't deserve the win at all. Great. That's just the so, that's just the encouragement I needed yeah. ahead of the upcoming campaign. Fantastic. However, however, the reason I mention that is because my dad, my brother, and his mate couldn't believe the difference in quality to the Spartans game, which was interesting because the Spartans game actually featured a bit more youth. It had players like Callum Flatman and stuff like that, like playing almost the whole ninety minutes. But and this is where I'm going to get very serious. Because oh. I've not been taken seriously on this notion oh. by some on Twitter. I think right. I know what's coming here. Right, you should do. Because a couple, almost a week ago now, I said on Twitter that I didn't think Loic de Moore existed anymore. I don't think he existed. I was just like, no, clearly he's dead. He just, he, he just phased into space or something. <laughs> Neil Warnock has drugged us all and made us think we signed this guy he'd never existed with the, the, ev- tr- the evil Cardiff concoction yes exactly we've, we've all had a swig and exactly. lo and behold he was, he's just disappeared into the abyss all the training videos came out he was nowhere to be seen he was the only player that was nowhere to be seen Stephen Kingsley who apparently up until last week didn't have a leg was there he was walking about the place like Demure nowhere and then out of nowhere, the Lilithgow game happens and Demure starts and gets an assist and we win comfortably. Then, out of the two games that I could have went to, oh. I picked the Spartans game and they knew. So Demure started then and got two assists in that game, got a goal, and I cannot stress this enough. Some players, right, looked like they were having quite a like tax and experience particularly the young guys Cam Flatman I thought he was going to pass out by the end yet like the amount of running he was doing <coughs> unbelievable it was insane but Demur looked like he was just playing with his son where he was just walking about the place and just kind of almost in keepy uppies just like pinging the ball 40 yards and then just kind of trotting over to get it absolutely in control so as I said before the game, and it has only been compounded because we didn't play like Demur against Ayr and we dropped points, Points. we didn't win. Then he played against Falkirk and we had a comfortable 4-0 win. 
I am setting up the campaign as I have done for the past week. Hashtag Demure for Captain. If we make like Demure Captain, we will be comfortable treble winners. It's going to be incredibly exciting. But it all rests on Demure being... If Demure isn't captain, we're fucked this season. Like, we're going to finish eighth or something. Right? What do you make of the like Demure redemption? Because it's the only interesting thing that's happened in pre-season. Because Alex Cochran scored on his debut as well. He also hit the post from like a 30-yard volley, which was clearly a cross. He hit the post and then wheeled away as if to go, that was a good hit, wasn't it? He didn't mean it, Alex. No, shut up. But that came from a like demure switch as well. So what do you make of it? Because you're a doubter. I know you're a doubter. Explain yourself. I thought you were going to ask me, what do you make of all this spiel that I've just listed off? And I was going to say... <clears throat> I was going to say, here you are, here's your latest anti-drug campaign. In abundance, wow. right there. There is, I mean, great, fantastic. Ultimately, he's wasted wages, dough, resources. He's not. He yes, not. he we has. Have. No, we have. Okay. It's not him. All right. It's not fine. him. Fine. We and he have. <laughs> For over a year. And, and what? That's not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault necessarily, but he's—I mean—he's—he's he's hardly been, you know, knocking on the door for selection, has he? A four-year deal we've offered. He's not even played for one of them. How are we back to this? This but, wasn't the point. But he's the not, four-year deal no, wasn't the point. Hold on a second. We're both—we're both hard-working young men. We're plowing our money into this club. <laughs> We're plowing our money into this club. Like, no end. I'm sat in the new top. You know, no, this is, no, that's no, a spoiler no. for folk who definitely watching. <laughs> Sorry. You've spoiled Sorry. it. You've ruined it. No, You've ruined no, the whole but, show. But, but my point is, everybody's spending their money for him to essentially hoover up and do nothing, as he has done for the past year. And, but and now he's doing and now, something. Oh, brilliant! Against some non-league jobbers, fantastic! Oh, sorry, my sis- Okay, they're not in the pyramid then, so they are technically non-league. I mean, do me a favour. When he pulls out these performances in competitive appearances, I might be prepared to go back on my word. But until then, no. Right. Why? Here's the ge- here's he's the wasted. He's wasted our time. He's wasted our money. It's just been a total shambles. It's been one of the worst signings I can ever recall Hearts making. And that, in itself, as a statement, is quite the sentence. Right, listen. Here's the big question, though. That has taken me by surprise. Do you want him captain? No, I don't. (laughs) No, that's not the question. I know that you don't want him captain. I know that not many are joining my campaign. I feel very sad by it. If he's joining Paul Pogba and N'Golo Kante in the France midfield in a couple of years' time, then by all means, I'll be able to swallow my words. No, he'll be away by then. He's only got two years left. Well, then then, then I'll look an absolute numpty and it'll be a stroke of genius that we somehow managed to convince him to sign for the club, miss a year's worth of playing action, and then all of a sudden he's become one of France's first three choice, or first, yeah, first choice midfielders in a trio. Right, listen, would you have him play though, for example, in the League Cup group stages? Why were, Why would we not have him play in the entire championship campaign? I agree, if, I fully if he, agree if he's, with that. If he's there and collecting a wage, that's, that's my frustration. That's what I mean, that's not his fault. Uh, no, 
No. It's not his fault if he doesn't play. It's his fault if... Because Robbie this week has uh, hinted at the fact that his attitude has changed. Right, um, okay. So it is a redemption then. Yes, but, exactly. But you, but, but, you, but you can understand why I'm angry then if he's gone, oh, do you know what? I'm part of this team that's been relegated to the second tier. I'm just not going to bother to get them back up. You know, what, well, what is that? There's an, element, there's an element of it, though, of is that what happened or did Robbie just kind of go, I'm not playing yet, and then he decided... Well, what am I meant to do I, here? I, I don't know, but again, we can chase it back to who brought him to the club initially. You know, I, this is what I, I, you're but, focusing no, on the past. No, but, you're focusing no, on the past but, and not engrossing yourself in the future of White oh, Demure's heart and with Lothian. But this is my point. Surely we'll have sat down and discussed with these players what their aspirations and ambitions are and worked out their character alongside their playing ability. We should do that. Oh, I don't think oh, we have well, been doing that. Oh, I think that's pretty evident for the past few years, to, to put it kindly. Yeah. I, I genuinely, genuinely hope he's involved in the League Cup group stage games because... I hope so. That, then he's justifying his wage at but long that's last. The thing, there is no, like, there's no risk to it because we've already done the risk part by just paying them for a year. Like, if he comes in and does well, it will be like a new signing. In terms of... Because previously, he literally... It is as... He yeah. might as well have left for a year and now, like, re-signed for us. Well, why Why could we not have loaned him out somewhere then? 100%. I totally agree. Why? That's the thing. It, I totally agree. But... This links back to what I'm of, saying in that... Okay, you're right. In that we do put this behind us. But let's let's face it, he's got a lot of making up to do. And he's doing it. And he's he's doing not! It with the captain's armband <laughs> around can his he arm. Be? Because... It's friendlies, in... we've literally just said we don't no, give a shit about no. pre-season. I'm, saying, I'm still I'm firmly saying. on that bandwagon. I don't care what he does. I don't care if he scores hat-tricks, bicycle kicks in That's all of these games. That's No, if he scored a bicycle kick, you'd be... You'd get the oh, on the back of that yeah. shirt. Oh, oh, so I would, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd be swallowing my words like that because he's exactly. netted an absolute world day against, who is it, Spartans? Great. Who gives a shit? If you score a bicycle kick, you're good or je- Like, that moment's class. It doesn't oh, matter who you're against. God. You can I tell score you what, a bicycle kick against anybody at this class. Okay, if he scores a bicycle kick winner against Celtic on the opening day... Then you have to get Demur on the back of your shirt. Right. That is okay. the stipulation. Okay, okay right. fine. I'll, I'll get Demure on every single heart shirt that I buy for the rest of my life. What if he just scores the winner? It's not a bicycle kick, but he scores the winner. <laughs> if he scores the winner, maybe you could leave that for listeners. What What okay. would you want me? What would you want me to do? You to have to get a tattoo words? of his face. <laughs> where Where is this tattoo going? That's on my you. face. <laughs> just, have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. just have it on my cheek, on my cheek here. Exactly. It was a constant daily reminder of the time right. when I slagged off Lloyd Demure before he turned yes. into God's gift. In terms of content, uh, and by the way, this is his <laughs> new nickname. We've got rid of the Portobello Pillow. We now need to have the Gorgie Cante. That will oh, be good Lord. Demure. Right? <laughs> the Carstorvin Cante. <laughs> it's going to be class, right? It's going to be amazing. Oh, so, the Murrayfield Matthias. There you go. Yes, see? See? <laughs> You're getting on board. Delighted to announce that we are officially subscribing to the hashtag Demur for Captain campaign. One of us As a podcast. No, as a podcast. No, one of us is. No, as a podcast. Two of us might when he starts to justify his wage. Hashtag Demur for Captain. 
I'm going to put that on the bottom of the screen the whole time that we're talking. That is, I'm actually going to do that. Oh, Hashtag the move for captain is going to be on the screen for the whole length of this podcast. Oh, it's probably what you're going to title happen. it as well now. Yes, <laughs> I didn't even know what to call it, but that's what it's getting called. So, we will now move on from this beautiful man who will lead us to glory to some beautiful kits. Because, see that segue? Look, he's got it on! He's literally wearing it. Now, we're going to go in order of kind of release. So we'll speak about that one in a minute. However, the first kiss, the first kiss, the first kit to be released, the first kiss with Loic de Moore will be beautiful and glorious. <laughs> the first kit to be released, however, was the third kit which we almost never wear, but it's consistently amazing across the years, and it's so frustrating. However, it was done in homage to the kind of, the kit that Hearts fans have been asking for for ages, which was the Inter Milan-esque kit of the 90s. It's stunning, isn't it? It's class. It's a cracker. It's an absolute cracker. And even when you pick it up in person, I didn't notice the kind of Tyne Castle details in amongst kind of the black stripes, but it's... It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, yeah, it's a cracker. I, I want to give a wee shout-out, if I may, to my pal mm-hmm. Lewis, who's behind the LG graphics page. Yes. And he'd obviously released a concept in reference to that 93-94. I think it might have been the away rather than the third. Yeah, it was. But, yeah. but either way, to that Inter Milan style kit, like you say, this is a lot more Inter Milan with, obviously, the dark blue as opposed yeah. to the kind of... I, I don't know what you'd call it, teal, I suppose. Um, yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, it's, it's an absolute beauty. I love the sponsorless shenanigans as well. Mm-hmm. It, it really adds to it for me. Um, and whilst it's not quite what some would have wanted, they'd have wanted it, you know, an exact carbon copy, mm-hmm. I, I still think it's an absolute cracker. And like you say, the only frustration with it is, because the last third kit was that all black yep. and maroon, it's that we hardly ever wear it. I guess because maroon's such a kind of unique colour anyway. Yeah. That chances are we get away with wearing our home. Yeah. I think everywhere bar maybe Aberdeen. Yeah. So basically. So hopefully it's given a fair few outings, but yeah, it's it's an absolute topper, mate. I'm assuming you're in that same boat. Yeah, it's it's absolutely stunning. As I said, and as you said, it's something that every Hearts fans wanted for ages. Um. So yeah, it's been met with universal praise. What hasn't been met with universal praise, which is quite interesting to me, is the top that you've got on right now. So, for audio listeners, it is the home kit with, as Adam just showed there, MND Scotland as the sponsor. And before we get into the top, that is the thing that has been met with universal praise. Obviously, since we've been away, that's another talking point that MND Scotland has replaced Save the Children. Obviously, it isn't done due to the fact that Marisa Yukes, of course, sadly passed away due to MD. We also had, I feel terrible, I can't remember his name, but we uh, had a director on the board who previously has passed away from MD. And MD Scotland was actually created by a guy with MD who was a Hearts fan, and his son, who is now the owner, is also a Hearts fan. So mm. he said that he enjoyed the fact it's kind of come full circle that he supported Hearts and now Hearts is supporting the charity that he created. So before we go into the top, obviously, I assume you're the same. A fantastic sponsor, and especially when we grew up having shit like banks and like payday loans, yeah, payday <laughs> loan companies as our sponsor. It's been such a great four-year stint. I saw a statue. We were the first club in Scotland to have a charity on our 
shirt for four consecutive seasons, which is right. amazing. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, because it was what? Was it the first season back with Save the Children? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that would have been 15, 16? I think so. Is that right? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. If it wasn't, it was definitely 16, 17. 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, it's, it's brilliant. And I love the fact that, obviously, the Zal's at the forefront of our minds still mm-hmm. with such a, a classy sponsor. Because, like you say, you know, how... How many times do you see it now with kits that are like gambling, drinks, mm-hmm. um, and like you say, I mean, Wonga. Oh, God. That's the only downside of yeah. that 2012 top was literally yeah. the Wonga scattered across it, <laughs> yeah. but still iconic. Um, but, well, you could even argue that <laughs> Strongbow's amongst the most iconic. <laughs> That's true. So, that is so we're, true. we're either we're encouraging you to basically blow all your dough on drink and then <laughs> have like a payday loan to basically yeah. cover that. Basically, um, but yeah, no. Hopefully, this is just you know reminiscent of the the direction that we want to take, and it's a it actually looks great. I didn't know exactly the logo or how it would look, mm-hmm. but obviously you can see it here. Yep. bar my headphones it, it, it just sits so nicely and it, it looks great so I, I'm, I'm a big fan and obviously with the donations that they'll receive as well when you purchase the home top same with the keeper top I'm assuming it's yep. going to be the away as well um, it, it's obviously a, a fantastic cause and, and well worthy of picking up not just because of M&D but because it's also an absolute topper as well well this is the thing so it's been met with some controversy and I kind of put that lightly it seems to have split the fan base 50-50 for me it is my favourite home top we've had since uh, 1718 with the collar I just love a collar I will say I kind of would have preferred the collar to be white as well that makes two of us I'm glad you said it yeah, like I would. Obviously, if, I still love it. I if still they'd have the had color. this little triangle maroon and they'd have just gone mm-hmm. white collar, yeah, that 100%. would have, that would have been an absolute belter. But listen, it's it's certainly the best that we've had in some time. I was. Actually, I can't believe the amount of people who don't like it. Well, I was actually talking to. There's a boy at my work supports Leicester, mm-hmm. and he was on about us being sponsored by Umbro, and obviously now the Leicester kit, obviously the, their maroon one last yeah. season. Um, yeah, the, the away or third or whatever whatever it was I I thought that was a cracker but yet our Adidas ones were shocking I, I feel Zombro have done a much better job yeah. than Adidas you know the last time when we're referencing the, the Wonga sponsor and kind of just that just makes me think of admin Adidas you know yeah. I think that the mm-hmm. only decent one that we had was the promotion winning season with obviously yeah. the, the sponsorless the old badge and, and a collar. It had a collar as well. And a collar as well. And and the away was, was brilliant with the kind of Argentina style and the Foundation yeah. of Heart sponsor. So other than that, I feel as though Adidas have done a shocking job. But Umbro have certainly pulled this one out of the bag, I've got to say. Definitely. I love it. I'm Obviously, I'm glad that you love it as well. I'm going to get it in long sleeve because I like how the, the white goes all the way down to the cuffs. I really like that. But as you said, the important thing is Part of the purchase goes towards M&D Scotland, which is huge. So please do support it, as it does with the goalkeeper kit, which I, again, I absolutely love. I think it's so clean, the disconnect between the kind of black, staticky arms and just the complete white. I have never been tempted to buy a goalkeeper kit yeah. in my entire life. And yet I'm actually considering, like, I'm trying to get the cogs to turn to work out an excuse as to how I'll justify 
purchasing that because I, I really like it as well. Um, I think it's because most of the time keeper kits are either like luminous yellow, luminous exactly. orange, and one tone. And there's always some like some weirdo sat in the stand where you're like, out out the three four potential tops that you could have chosen to buy you've opted for like the bright yellow one you're looking (laughs) like a high vis like i don't get it but i'm definitely considering uh picking that one up it it looks an absolute cracker i i too like the sleeves it's just rad Mm. it's a bit different so the fact that obviously i'm just gonna say that it's a charity contribution there you go mum and dad if if you're watching slash listening 100 um so hopefully but the rumour is that the kit will be kind of in the next couple of weeks, the away kit. So hopefully we make it four from four good kits, which I cannot remember the last time we've been able to say that. There's always been one or two kits that stand out and go, not a massive fan of that, but I'm a big fan of that. But so far, for me at least, it is three for three. Like I say, maybe 14, 15, but then we didn't that have a third. Be. True. But- I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to envisage the goalkeeper. Kit. Oh no, was that not the yellow? No, the, the yellow black? one. I yeah, the weird thing. Yeah, no, no. But anyway, they're all very good. Um, still unbelievable. We still got a few things to speak about. <laughs> one of them, I'm going to be annoyed by it because it's not going to happen. Who will be the next captain? Because glad we're talking as about Naismith, this. As Naismith has retired, obviously. He was the captain, so there is a quite a few options, which is quite rare. Often it's kind of just like, oh, there's one or two people. But the general consensus seems to be Craig Gordon, Michael Smith, John Souter, Loic Demure, Craig Halkett, and Liam Boyce. <laughs> Don't laugh at that! It's true! Loic Demure's in there! My goodness. I, I think it'll be Craig Gordon. So and do I'll, I. I'll be delighted with it if it is. I would like to see Michael Smith captain. Oh my god. Are we actually agreeing on something? Oh, what is this? No, this is what's happened, right? It's the first video podcast. We had a massive bust up in the middle with the moor, and now we're just being mates again and agreeing on everything. No, I, I, I'm totally on that Smith bandwagon. I also wouldn't mind John Souter to get it, but then again, yeah. I think it's a case of his injury track record. Yeah. That's not in his favour. I'm not a fan of goalkeepers being captains. I've got to be honest. I know, I know what you mean. I know they see everything, but for me, it probably should be a centre half first and foremost. And obviously, like I say, with Soapy's injury record, Craig Halkett not having the best of spells. I, I think it's yeah. fair to say at heart so far. Out that back four again because we've talked about Kingsley and his potential um, injury track record again. Yeah. Michael Smith seems the obvious choice out out the back four for me, and I feel as though it would kind of be a just reward for kind of, you know, I don't Being know the only good thing over the past four years <laughs> or something. Well, I was going to say his his loyalty, but you you could argue that. Um, yeah, I just feel as though, I'd, I and this is me merely speculating here that there would have been a host of clubs in for Michael Smith earlier on, and. It's one of those signings that kind of flies under the radar. We don't really acknowledge it at the time. But then you look back and you think, what a really smart pickup that was for us at that particular time. Because like you say, he's filled in you know, a host of positions on a free given his Peterborough contract, I think it was, expired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm personally amazed that Michael O'Neill didn't take him down to Stoke, to be yeah. honest. I, I thought that was an absolute shoo-in. 
Um, but lo and behold, we're very lucky to have Michael Smith. And for me, he should be the skipper, loyalty permitting, can play virtually anywhere. And I've said for a good wee while that I believe he's the best footballer at the club. I think, obviously, I, I agree. I, I really do want to see him given that. He's been captain in a couple of these preseason games. Um, Gordon also has been as well. And It'll so be Craig Gordon, won't it? Because with the whole with Naismith not having the armband last season it seemed to be yeah, Gordon CG predominantly so I but know. I will say it would be great for Gordon to have it in kind of the last few years of his career yeah I hear that he came through he was captain before he left at 22 and now he's literally nearly nearly two decades older and captain again don't let you start <laughs> to make me feel old never know mind exactly. how he feels Exactly. So I think Craig Gordon is going to be given captain. And I think generally if the goalkeeper had been given it, Hearts fans would have been a bit more like, oh, could you not have given it to people like Smith or Suter? But I think it's just because it's Craig Gordon that he can just <laughs> do no wrong. It's like, you can do anything, Craig, and we'll love you forever. Yeah, go on. So, go on yeah. then, Craig. We'll just need to see. However, we will have a captain by the start of the new season and of course in the time that we were away the league fixtures got announced I'm not going to go through them all obviously (laughs) however I will go through the opening five because they're very interesting and kind of potentially could paint a picture of the season ahead so we start the campaign at Tynecastle on television with uh, Celtic Ange Postacoglu's first game nice easy start eh? brilliant yeah exactly Celtic at home then we travel to St Mirren away, got fantastically fond memories at that ground oh, recently. Oh, doubt. Then we are back to Tynecastle and play Aberdeen. We then go away to Tannadice and play Dundee United. And then we end the opening five on uh, September the 11th with Hibs at home. Now, that's an interesting first five games. That is three of the out of the four other biggest teams in the league. However, all three of them are at home, which you can say is a massive advantage, especially if we are to be believed that we will have fans in and it seems to be that it will just be home fans allowed in, which we can get into a debate about the crowd being the 12th man and all that part at another time, but it probably will help the players. How do you see us getting on in those first five games? I'm not going to specifically ask you for a point target out of 15, but generally... How do you see us going on right now? Obviously, we will have made other signings by then. We will have new players coming in. How do you, You're laughing, which no, says to me, no, I don't think you're that confident. No, I, I'm laughing at you saying about the crowd helping. I'm just thinking, Ty Castle's been toxic. <laughs> it'll, it'll it's be been, a nightmare. It's been yeah. toxic for years. Um, as for that opening five... Not, it's not filling me with confidence I've got to be honest I, I just look at the last time that we were in the Premiership and I think the stuttering start is ultimately what cost us because we didn't win a game till I think it was about the 6th and that was the, the late winner at Easter Road having, yeah. having come from behind as well I think so yeah. I, I really don't know the, the home games are massive um, mm-hmm. because again I mean, I've, I've got the nineteen twenty fixtures up. The first three were a 0-0 draw with Ross County, arguably played off the park, against newly promoted Ross County, I believe. Yeah. A 2-0 draw with Hamilton, really, and a 3-2 defeat to Motherwell. So that 
or those three opening home fixtures seem a lot more appealing than these ones. Mm-hmm. If we replicate that, as in in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. my ticker is just going to be sky high. I, I'm really, I'm really going to worry. I just, I don't know. I, I, I just think. Would I, you worry? That's interesting, actually, because what did you see? Two draws and a loss. Yeah, so the draws were Ross County and Ackes, and then, and then lost, lost to Motherwell. Yeah. So you're saying that if we drew with Celtic, for example, and Hibs, and then got beat off Aberdeen, you'd be really worried. That interests me, because I think, generally, if you went opening three home games, you don't win any of them. That's a worry. But then if you go, well, they are the other three biggest teams in the league, barring the champions, that... Obviously, listen, Hibs, dropping points against Hibs is never great. Like, no, no one wants to drop points against Hibs. But I I totally understand how you're worried about it and that, listen, playing the first three, in your opening five games, playing the other three big teams in the league is never a, a good thing. However, I would just say the best time to play Postacoglu Celtic is going to be the first game of the season because if he gets into it, and then, because this is the game where he's going to be able to actually see what the potential problems are and the potential successes, and then go right. We then will make, we will adjust that. See, so, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, bar the fact that they're playing in what Champions League qualifying beforehand as well. That's true. That's so f- that's very fair. I, I don't know whether that's going to be the gauge. I just look at it and think. I don't know if it's because of how the eighteen nineteen season. Yeah, eighteen ninety season yeah. ended, in that we were on that horrendous run, and yet the run to the Scottish Cup final just sort of seemed to take centre stage. Yeah, and yet nobody had latched onto the fact that the second half of the eighteen nineteen season we were that bad that it was relegation form. I think if you mm-hmm. if you if you broke it down, sort of yep. half the season, we'd we'd have probably been relegated. And then obviously it was. It later turned out that the following season we would be. I I get what you mean. I I think that was perhaps just down to eighteen nineteen leading into nineteen twenty, mm-hmm. and yet you're probably going to say, well, look at it, look at how we ended the what would that have been the the twenty twenty one. This is getting very confusing. The twenty twenty one season with as many wins and as many clean sheets. But that's what you'd expect for us in that league. I wasn't actually going to say that because, yeah, I fully agree. You can't really use this past as a gauge. As a gauge. No. Yeah. What I was going to say was, it could be a blessing in disguise that if we get out, say, out of those fifteen games, if we get like ten, if we get ten points, I'd out of that bite 15, your hand off for ten points out of that potential fifteen. One hundred percent. Like then, that means that the following five fixtures are a lot easier. Like on paper, obviously, all this yeah. is on paper. Like one, t- Celtic could continue to be crashing and falling. Hibs could continue to be doing really well, and then teams like Dundee could come in and just shock everybody and do really well. Teams like Aberdeen under Glass could just have a catastrophe. We don't Fingers know that, crossed. but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but looking at it, if yes, listen, they're not ideal opening five fixtures. I think they could have been a lot worse though, because I think it weirdly will provide Robbie with a bit of leeway. Which he desperately needs. He desperately <laughs> needs it. Because if we'd played St Mirren, Dundee United, Dundee, Ross County and Hibs 
open five, it would be like, right, we need a minimum of 12 points here. Like, if we don't win four out of the five, then there'll be Nielsen out banners and stuff like that. Whereas here, I, I hope fans will recognise the fact that it's like, yeah, listen, out of the opening five, that's three really hard games. Yes, they're at home, but there is a chance that we could lose them despite... Play- like, how many times have we played against Celtic where you go, we're the better team here, and then they nick a goal and we get nothing? Well, that's what I was going to ask. What, what are you hopeful for within that five? What would be your, your ideal scenario or kind of a scenario that you'd settle for? I'd, I would love 10. I'd love to beat Hebs, Dundee United, and St Mirren. Obviously, I'd love to beat Celtic, but I think... The can I- tell you our last win in Paisley. Probably en route to winning the Cup in 2012. That, yeah, that, probably. You know, we're looking at the home fixtures and thinking we're going to be in, potentially be an advantage if we're not too angry and not booing from you know the very first minute. Um, but our record in Paisley isn't great. What was the other way fixture? Tanadice, Dundee United, yeah, wasn't it? Dundee United. When was the, I couldn't even tell you the last time we played Dundee United. I know, yeah. So, I, uh, oh, we drew one all with them in the uh, cup. Oh, that's right. In but the group at, stages, at, at Andy Irvin scored yeah, yeah. and got sent off. Yeah. <laughs> but at tiny, so what? A, a one-all yeah. draw against Robbie's United, as it were. Yeah, it was. Um, I couldn't even I tell think... you our last Tanadice result. I'm getting concerned, man. I, I, I really am. I, I want to be optimistic and want us to lay down a marker early to show that we're not here to make up the numbers but looking at that I'm not hopeful I get your point about Postacoglu Celtic and you are right in that it would be the just the ideal morale boost if we and were to actually, pick up three points I've just said that also Glasses Aberdeen and what's his name Coates uh, Tam, Tam Courts, I think it is. Tam yeah. Courts, uh, yeah. All three of the match. I know Glass had a couple of games at the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's the new, new Aberdeen side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're playing three new managers in the opening five. That can be a blessing or it can be a curse. They could all get off to a flyer and then massively tail off and we go, for God's sake, we just happen to get them at the start. Or we could hit them when they're not properly adjusted yet and potentially have a good kick on but listen we're not going to know that until the season starts what we will know however is how we'll be coming into that season because of course we play in the Premier Sports Cup group stages alright loving it Um, and the first game of that is this weekend we play Peterhead on Saturday Um, 500 fans will be allowed in the ground it will be the first time at a competitive Hearts game that fans will be in attendance since March of 2020. A huge thing, obviously, we, this is not the place to get into health debates about how many fans should be there and in a, accordance with other sporting <laughs> Neither events. Neither of us are Jason Leach, are we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. However, what we can just focus on the fact that it's going to be 500 Hearts fans in Tynecastle Potentially the first time Josh Janelli plays in front of Hearts fans competitively, despite being here for ages. <laughs> Albeit 500 of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However, this is a group, obviously, the rest of the group is still in Albion, Peterhead, East Fife, and Inverness, because we always get Inverness in this stage. This is one of those groups where if we drop any points, it's a nightmare scenario kind of thing. Or we could do what we did last season and fly through the groups and then get papped out by Aloe in the second True. round. True. 
Absolutely. It's, so, it, ironically, our best performances, or best recent performances in this competition, have come from when we've struggled in the group yeah. and then just left it all to the knockout stage. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm hoping for. I mean, <laughs> there's a small part of me that's kind of hoping for like a one-all draw on Saturday, and then everybody's angry. We bring in a you load. Be- we bring in right. a load of bodies, and then it galvanizes our season, and we're ready for the knockouts and bang. I want you to remember this, and I'm going to show you this. If we draw one all with Peterhead, and you're messaging me going, we're fucked! Robbie out! We're knackered! Because you said that. Alas yeah. Simon Ferry equaliser, <laughs> after Andy Halliday's put us one all off. <sighs> For God's sake. But, an interesting aspect of it, of course, is that Robbie doesn't give a shit about this competition, <laughs> right? He's made it very clear, especially at this stage, he doesn't care. We treat this as extended pre-season. A lot of clubs obviously do it as well, but we really do it. Do you think we'll see as much of a mix of youth in terms of people like Andy Kirk's Riladi, who's been getting a couple of goals in preseason for us, guys like Aaron Darge, Callum Flatman, Leo Watson, who have featured for us, or do you think it will be a couple of youth players who Robbie is probably wanting to introduce in the season, like Finley Pollock, potentially Connor Smith? Ewan Henderson doesn't really come into that anymore because he is now just like a part of the first team or do you think he's just got to go nah we're going to play the full first team but it's still just being treated as pre-season no I think it's going to be liked more than the kids I hope so I would love that. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Imagine if they won, and it would be like, well, there's no excuse. Like Demur was the reason we won that. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I would kind of like to see a selection of first teamers. Um, but whether I'd start the whole first team, I don't know because I, I. I do want kids to get a chance, and I think. I think that's a lot more likely than obviously we've alluded to the start of the Premiership campaign. So maybe this is the time for for some youth. Um, it's a safe uh, way to do it. Yeah, because I'm not being funny. If they can't cut it against Peterhead and Stirling yeah. Albion, should they really be at hearts? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, the, the kids might be all right. We'll, we'll find out. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what he's going to go with. I'd, I get the impression that it'll be a couple... A couple big names alongside kids, predominantly. Yeah. I think that's the same. Can I trouble you for a score prediction? Because Peter Head. Yeah. We, we lost 2-1 last time up there, didn't we? We did. Yep. Um, so, a, a revenge mission. <laughs> um, 3-0 hearts. I think it's going to be 3-1. I think we'll concede. I know we haven't really done that in pre-season, but... Exactly. Of course, we're going to wait till the competitive yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, thank you for sitting in on this long haul first episode back. We definitely won't have this much stuff to speak about next week considering <laughs> fuck all's happening. But a massive thank you to everyone who listened, and an extra special thank you if you watch this. Um, please let us know if you want to make changes. Obviously, as you can see. I hope this recording's worked, by the way. There's a massive chance someone's fucked up and it's no worked. That's nightmare scenario and we've just been referencing stuff and it's not even worked. Hopefully it's worked and you can see that the overlay that I've made, if you want us to make any changes to it, if you want to make any changes to the visual stuff, please do let us know. Adam, how have you found the fu- the new era of Perth to Paisley? 
Guess, guess we'll wait and see how it all turns out. I don't know. It's You're difficult. so negative! No! You can't I'm even not. be positive about us! No, it's, it's tricky to gauge because ultimately this is just a Zoom meeting to start. I mean, yes. you, you, you're going to chuck it all together and it'll look magnificent. There you go. Oh, that's a high bar now that I don't think I'm going Bang! to... Bang! Who's negative yeah. now? Oh, God. I now you've flipped, reversed it and I just don't know what to do now. Anyway... As we say, massive thank you. We have been the Petter Paisley Podcast. You can get us on all good podcast platforms. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's massively beneficial. helps algorithms. We're on YouTube. Visually now, you don't just need to look at an image from a game. Please leave us a like on YouTube. That helps the algorithms a lot as well. It's really beneficial. We hope you have enjoyed it. Along the bottom of the screen is all our social media plugs and the email address. However, if you are listening to it, we are at Petter Paisley. On everything, give us an email, petapaisley on gmail.com. If you want to give us a question or anything like that, Adam, where can people get you personally on social media? It's also below you, but again, for audio listeners. <laughs> you can get me personally on social media at Adam T. Kendall. What about yourself, mate? I am at dmcaver 22 We'll be back next week to speak about the Peter Head game, any potential new signings, if the away kit's been launched or just about how amazing Loic de Moore is. We don't know. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Keep the faith, Mother Jaitis!